you are traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land of imagination. Next stop, no major opinions. I'm getting the pitches wrong. Whatever. <laughs> Halloween, October. We got the horror thriller monster marathon coming up. Uh, so Lurk, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? I have been playing the new Noida release because they just had 1.0 or went out of early access. So I've been playing that because it's got some visual upgrades and some new stuff that I don't even know about necessarily. So yeah, it's been fun. Noida's really cool. Still haven't beaten it yet because I'm a scrub, but that's pretty much what I've been doing in between work and work and uh, more work. But yeah. I've I've been playing Noida on and off, but after like six hours or whatever when i first played it it just like slowed down to like half speed i looked at like the steam forms or whatever and all that shit and like other people have had the problem i the 1.0 patch didn't fix it i mean i'm still playing it because it's fun it's just half speed oh yeah i've not run into that that's weird yeah hopefully I, they fix i'm that. not sure because uh, i've like uninstalled it and reinstalled tried different updates nothing fixed but it's it's a fun game yeah for sure even at half speed it's still fun Eglaria, what have you been up to? Uh, school shit, and then playing, uh, I've been making, like, a map every day in Dust Force. Uh, they're mostly, like, uh, subtle references to giant cocks in maps. Because I, <laughs> I just think j- make, drawing map, like, just, just drawing dicks and make, making a map out of it is funny. Uh, and then playing some Factorio, I don't, that's another game that got the 1.0 somewhat recently. Uh, Factorio is kind of dangerous, though, like, if you're... If you just, you know, like making shit work, that, that that's a game that will, like, take hours from your life that you can never get back. Uh, Dam or Dark Areas, what have you been up to? Uh, not much. I've been working on the website a bit more, trying to optimize it, uh, trying to set up some new stuff, which we'll get into a little bit later in the podcast, and, uh, yeah. I haven't really been playing games. I should definitely be playing more games, but... I just haven't had the motivation because I've been working on other things. So I've been doing photography though. Photography's fun. Yeah, we don't have to talk about games necessarily here. Yeah, so whatever you've been up to. Yeah, went on a a hike recently. My buddy has a drone, so he took some drone footage because uh, we went to this place called the what was it called Devil's Mouth or something like that in Hamilton, which is a place in Canada. Ontario, Canada specifically. It's very nice because it's like not mountainous because it's not tall enough to be a mountain. Half hour flight from Toronto, right? Yeah, like a half hour drive, really. Oh, drive. Okay. Yeah, very nice because uh, it's high up. So you get the nice uh, view of the lake and everything from high up. Um, you know, there's there's some factory stuff, but you can ignore that. There's a lot of trees, though, because it was on the Bruce Trail. So I got some nice photos. I also got like a new profile picture because... I have two friends. I'm I'm gonna use them as assistants to try to create a new profile picture. Uh, maybe I'll share it on social media when I'm done editing it. But it's like me in a yellow track suit with like aviators slab squatting in front of like all these beautiful yellow trees and like leaves thrown in front of me type dealio. I'm just like slab squatting with nature. That'll be pretty fun to get to. 
And then there was the photo I shared on Twitter as well, which um, is actually in the city I live in. There's a place called Port Dalhousie, which is literally a port, and it looked really cool at night, and it had a lot of beautiful colors, so I shared that. Sweet. So moving on to no major opinions news. Uh, there is none. So great. Got that out of the way. Uh, let's move on to some uh, Fucking task record news. right there. <laughs> Hell yeah. Gold split. Uh, so NASA's got a whole bunch of stuff coming up as far as uh, events. October 30th, we got Horror Thriller Monster Marathon 2020 happening. We're going to spend probably just a weekend, like a day, um, like a day on the weekend doing a whole bunch of speed runs that are spooky, probably, maybe. It's like two days, but yeah. Yeah, something like that. Uh, we also have, we got JSRF HD. That's going to be happening in November 13th through the 15th. Uh, you can check out the schedules for both of those available somewhere online. I'm sure if you search for them, you will find them. Or we will link them down below wherever you're listening at. Community has also been playing Among Us. You want to talk about that, Aries? Yeah, so this is what I was alluding to like earlier. There's always been a thing of like, what do you do when you don't have an event? Currently, we have the HTMM scheduled and we have uh, we got JSRF. But there's still the in-between period where the channel isn't doing anything. And if the channel isn't active, then people forget about it. We kind of talked about a bit of this last episode where how do you kind of keep your channel relevant in between events? And I figured this would be a perfect way to keep the channel relevant in those little in-between times. For on-site events, we always play Mafia, and Among Us is basically virtual Mafia with some extra twists here and there, so it fits in with the quote-unquote NASA brand. It's a flavor of the month, meaning that it's very popular on Twitch, YouTube, all that jazz. People kind of really want that content. And it also lets the community play together. The first time we played it, we had a bunch of people pop up. Second time we played, also a bunch of people popped up. So if we we don't have to always play Among Us, but I think I'm going to continue this going forward just as a way to keep the channel active, but also make people feel more like they're a part of the NASA community beyond just showing up in person. Also, it lets me play around with my editing skills a little bit. I've been doing some highlight reels of our Among Us gameplay just to make that content a little bit more digestible because I feel most people, they're like, oh, Among Us, oh, a three-hour VOD. I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> I, I think like there's a lot of other potential games we could play too. Uh, like You could could just have straight-up Mafia. That's already a thing people stream, which I'd be down for. Uh, I know Fall Guys is a big thing. I don't know if you can have dedicated like uh, groups in it or if it's only like random play. I think you can do groups up to four. Okay, so you can't. Well, yeah, I, I guess like I was picturing like having like you know thirty people all like in like one. Uh, that would be really awesome, but I don't know if they have that as an option yet. Yeah, I think that's one of the major criticisms of that game is there's no like private lobby right. sort of stuff yet. Yeah, I think they're working on it. So maybe in the future. I don't really play that many multiplayer games like. I, I I used to play a lot of TF2, but I don't know if, like... I, I know that's, like, still a thing. People still play it. It's just not as, like, you know, well... Not not, not well-known, but, like, uh, it's not uh, it's not really a hit anymore. Hey, I'd be down to play TF2. TF2 was a great game. Advance Wars tournaments? I'd be down for that. Or War Groove, which is, like, you know, Advance Wars' cousin. Any other recommendations? If Yeah, people listening, if you got recommendations... For multi, like you know, large group multiplayer or um, any kind of like term- tournament type thing that would be fun to play. Hit us up. 
You guys got any recommendations? Jackbox. Jackbox is always fun in large groups, and oh, yeah. uh, with the audience mode, you don't have to necessarily be playing, but still be a part of it. And I think Jackbox 7 just came out, so maybe that's something I'll invest in so we can have like a Jackbox party night soon. I guess there's tabletop sim. Some some board games are pretty fun. That would be actually really entertaining. I know Gander at the last on-site NASA actually hosted a Dungeons & Dragons one-shot campaign. I think that would be super cool to do as well. Somebody like Gander to be the uh, DM, just have a couple people play a, a one-shot campaign just for funsy. I think ESA had that a couple times on their on-site events as well as part of the actual stream. Actually, thinking about it, it would be very interesting to have a, a campaign that everybody's actually already played before. Like, for example, I've played Curse of Strahd before. And just having those people, quote-unquote, try to speedrun the campaign since they already know where everything is and everything like that. Uh... Are any of the Worms games like I I I don't know if everyone has like Worms Armageddon or oh that's which is a, the most played Worms one yeah that's my favorite Worms game of all time I think yeah that's like the most common one uh I don't know if it's free though like we could have I don't know speedrunning oriented you could have like Trackmania Nations Forever like the first Trackmania that's all like that's free you could have like custom maps we could do but that's like TF2 you know it's it's a really old game that not, doesn't have the same level of interest. So used to, I guess Track Mini has its own community, though. Worms Armageddon is only $17 Canadian on GOG.com, and GOG is DRM-free. That could be maybe something to try out. Or uh, using that Parsec stuff that we used for our online NASA with marbles, um, just have everybody cut a Parsec into one computer who's going to be playing and play like that. That could always work. Yeah, I don't have any ideas right now, but we should definitely look into more community plays later on. Just looking yeah. at my friends list, looks like Worms Reloaded is another one that a shit ton of people own. I don't know how it, uh, representative that that is of like our, you know, the NASA audience in general. Leave a comment down below. <laughs> and also later on this episode, we're going to be talking about goals that we have for NASA later on. So if you are interested in sort of what we're thinking about for 2021 assuming that we can still do that in person stay tuned who wants to hit all the upcoming events we got halloween out the ass yep there's a lot of halloween stuff which is kind of funny because there wasn't but i guess now that everybody's at home everyone's like oh let's do a halloween i feel most of the time people are just at halloween parties and therefore don't do halloween events which is something we've actually ran into so I'm sure if you just check out Hararo or Onigas or whatever, there's like more than a handful of Halloween uh, marathons. There is also Speed Souls coming up on November 6th to 8th. Now that is something that I've helped out with early on. Uh, past two events, I didn't really help out because I was always at work. And this one, they have things really under control. Dark Fox, actually, from uh, NASA staff. Helps out with this event as well. It's good stuff. There is Midfall Speedball that's happening uh, near the tail end of November, the 20th and 20th to 22nd. And finally on this list, I have that there's going to be GDQ Fleet Fatales, uh, mid-November actually, the 15th to the 21st. If you don't know what Fleet Fatales is, that's part of their 
Fatal's series of speedrun events that is specifically catered to females and women in speedrunning. So there, there's no men or male. It is all about the females and women. Yeah, if you're into women going fast. Who wouldn't be? Who isn't? <laughs> all right, speedrun news. Big, big speedrun news. There's not much of like a centralized hub for speedrunning. It used to be like SDA, but that, and then, you know, GDQ kind of took over as like, this is the giant thing that speedrunning centered around. Uh, and, and there's no real, SRL like, for a little bit, yeah, with racing. SRL, but... and yeah, and it's like, it's kind of branched out where there's no like single centralized hub. The big, like, there, there's a bunch of smaller ones, the, but probably the biggest as far as, uh, day-to-day speedrun stuff is speedrun.com and that got purchased by elo yeah so elo is a indie company that it does a lot of uh, data structure and, and presentation for dota and dota 2 and stuff like that so they run like dota buff and some of these other like buff websites or something like that from my understanding yeah i think one of them's like overwatch and they probably have one for league basically very stat oriented websites like oh this character has this win rate with these items and all that fancy stuff yeah it'd be really interesting to see where they go with this sort of thing it, it sounds like they'd be really good and as far as like maybe restructuring databases and like displaying of the leaderboards and things like that so that could be pretty interesting given that they said that they're not going to change up too much about like the community rules or the way that the moderation is working or how games are selected for, like, who gets what moderation stuff and all that. Yeah, I've seen, like, some people worried that, like, well, it, like, is this going to be, like, all paywalled or some crazy shit? And it, I, I like, I don't know. I have no, I have, I don't know what ELO uh, is, is about, but there wasn't anything stopping, like, PAC from just doing that. Uh, so pre- presumably if they're, like, they liked what the site was, they just want to keep doing, like, like the, the, you know, the spirit of the site. I think if it does get paywalled then yeah fuck it but it seems like the main functionality of the site which is the leaderboards is going to continue to be something that is free but the stuff that they like you can already pay for donations into the site like the gradient uh, username thing you know the colors and probably some other perks I could maybe those will go behind some sort of monthly paywall that will help them pay for it and sort of like, you know, the greater business model that they have going for them. Yeah, because one of the things that com definitely needed was like, you know, just more people working on all the, you know, because like all the millions or well, thousands of users and the issues they'll have with the site. So having like a like a dedicated team, which I'm presuming Elo can provide, is uh, cool. Yeah, I mean, it shows that they were actually taking in applications for uh, web developers to work on the website. I mean, there's a lot of the sky is falling happening on Twitter and discords everywhere. Personally, I'm cautiously optimistic about this, which is, if you know me, kind of surprising because I'm generally not optimistic about a lot of things. But the website definitely needed new blood. Um, You know, when, when you have a website, and its sole meme is that, can you please stop using the website? Because I want to use the website because it's constantly crashing or just not usable. That is bad. So they've already started working into improving the stability of the website. And Elo is a stats-based company, like we talked about earlier. I think if they bring in some of that uh, statistic tooling into speedrun.com, that'll be really valuable. 
if all of a sudden you can start doing graphs of world record progressions in a category or a game or the improvements of a runner in a certain game or um, just like being able to you know create all these beautiful data graphs from different aspects of the website that could be super cool i could see tournaments actually using that information having um you know data points to actually create uh, odds and tournaments and things like that would be super valuable and it seems that they're also open to changes on the website there was actually an interview done and we can probably just leave the link to that interview in the youtube description where they asked uh, the product manager, I believe, of nowspeedrun.com, their plans with the website. A lot of it was really, well, we have a roadmap, but we don't really know. Yeah, corporate vagaries. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, personally, the interview's kind of meh, but there was one really important detail that I noticed in that interview, and that was that they are looking into retooling the front page, which is actually huge, because... Currently, if you show up to the front page of speedrun.com, you get GSA with its quote-unquote 24-7 variety, which we talked about uh, last episode as well. So personally, I think if they changed it to be kind of like an SRL, but for marathons, that would be super huge. That way you can apply to the website and then you just have all the events pulled up right there. There's none of this, well, my event uses Hararo or Onegus, or speedrun.com. Just apply if your web if your event is live, it will pop up on the kind of list of live streams there. Or maybe you could apply for front page time, or anything. Like, there's a lot that could be done with the front page, not even just for live Twitch content, but speedruns. I've read suggestions where they could be playing the newest world records that appear on the website. It'll just kind of update or have a list that it can carousel through. So there's a lot of potential there. That reminds me of a... I don't know if it's still a thing, but there was a a, a, a channel that just played Tasses. Uh, and people could, like, vote for, like, what, what the next game that would, like, uh, that would be replayed for. It's called Tass Attack. Ta- Tass Attack, yeah. Is that still a thing? No, but the I, scripts are still around. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, remember, I don't remember why it stopped, but that was, like... That was a cool stream, like a, like a background stream, ha- having shit like that where it's, I, I I guess it would be like yeah, like any runs posted on the site, it could like cycle through, probably the records or just certain, uh, things upvoted if things like uh not upvoted but like, I guess yeah, probably just the easiest would be records. Fuck any upvoting or flagging shit. Yeah, to play into the, into that idea, I think it would be good if it was more of like. SDA used to have the knowledge base where they were trying to post like guides about games. And I mean, trying they to do... still do. It's just so underutilized. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I actually hope that what they do is they steer more in a direction of becoming more of like a wiki where they're displaying more stats and it's more accessible to be able to pull up more of like history of these runs and like like archival footage of all this stuff because of all the submissions that they're going to get. What I hope that they don't do, though is I hope that they don't use their new position to, to now try and, like, steer the community as a whole towards something or, like, make some sort of, like, sweeping... I don't even know what this would be, but some new sweeping rule generalization that, like, affects all of leaderboards and all of, of stuff, because, like, I don't know what these people speedrun, and they didn't answer my question in the forum when I asked them, so, like, are y'all speedrunners and or, or, or what? That's half sarcastic, by the way. Well, even, like, <laughs> Pac, he, he, he like, he... 
He's not really a speedrunner, he's just like a fan of speedrunning more so. He did some Goldeneye. Yeah, but it's like, I, I don't, uh, that doesn't count. <laughs> he's at least had a timer going while he's played a game. Yeah, but it's like, I, uh, uh, like, I don't think, he, uh, like, I don't think he would identify as a speedrunner, I don't think. He's more of a fan. Like, being a fan of it, it like, that is good enough. That is, like, some vested interest in the subject, which is all that you, like, really... I think that's all you really want of someone. They don't necessarily need to be, you know, the since day one, they've just been grinding ILs. Yeah, no, for sure. I just think it's interesting that there's a lot of, like... Like, the guy who runs, like, the, the R speedrun, like, no FX, like, I don't think he speedruns either, you know? It's just really interesting that these that these sites pop up, these, like, really popular hubs for speedrunning, and they're run by people who don't really speedrun. Well, Reddit's a shit show anyway, who gives a shit? True. Yeah. I mean, my final thought on this acquisition is, what happens to twitch.tv slash speedrun? Because I've been told that apparently GSA owns the Twitch, although I haven't heard it from GSA themselves. I did look into a couple sources, such as uh, My Insane Pace, uh, meaning ALT Insiders Podcast. Uh, I have an archive of an NMO episode we did with PAC that maybe I should eventually put on YouTube. I don't know. But I kind of scrubbed through it, and he also mentioned that he really liked what GSA was doing at that time. This was forever ago. And that they're using the official twitch of speedrun.com not that they were using their own twitch and i also scrubbed through twitter and saw that speedrun.com initially tweeted in may of 2018 or 2019 that they have a new twitch what do you want us to do with it and then a couple months later gsa came out and they were using that twitch in the alt insider minds the same pace podcast the people that made gsa also mentioned that they went up to pack with a business proposition because they needed some sort of backing, and he accepted that proposition. So it'll be very curious if GSA owns that Twitch channel, or if ELO owns that Twitch channel. If ELO owns that Twitch channel, GSA might be screwed, which would be kind of crappy, because they did build up that channel, but I guess we'll just see what happens. I mean, from what you just said, it sounds like a partnership and that ELO would own the channel because they own speedrun.com that owns that Twitch channel. Yeah, but did the ownership ever change hands at some point in time? Because that is possible as well. If you're from GSA and want to let us know, like, you know, let us know. I imagine ELO owns it, but... But yeah, fun bit of news. We'll see how they do. Best of luck to the ELO folks. And whoever applies to work with ELO, because they're accepting applications to work on speedrun.com. Next bit of news is ESA 2021 goes hybrid. There's a uh, Q&A with Edenall today, the 18th, as we record this, where he talked about how they were initially planning to, you know, maybe go, this is for their marathon in February, they were maybe planning to go in person, but now COVID is still a thing, it's definitely still going to be a thing for a while now even after a vaccine is supposedly made and all that good stuff. So they have decided to go hybrid and they expect that more than like 95% of their attendees will be offsite. Yeah, I know like, like, like the big meme of that, like the U S is number one. Uh, there, there are some European countries that have like pretty disastrous COVID rates. So it's, it makes sense that they're not just having like, you know, a full scale event. 
Sweden is also one of those countries that kind of opted. Oh, yeah, Sweden is like the worst in the area. <laughs> yeah, they opted for a different method of dealing with COVID. The, the, the fuck it, let's not do anything method. I mean, <laughs> not to get super political, but basically the way that they handled it for those who don't know is that they're like, okay, you know, masks, staying inside, you know, closing businesses and all that stuff. Those are all very strong recommendations. We're not going to enforce it, but you do what you think is best, is how I understood it. They basically didn't have any mandates. It was just do what you want, and they have the highest death rate in the region. So uh, I believe other countries are actually keeping their citizens from leaving to Sweden if they knew about it, like via flights or something. That or they kept, that or they barred Swedish citizens from entering their country. So that's. It's never a good sign. That's like, yeah. Same goes for the, yeah, the U.S., like just international travel in general. It's not really a thing right now if you're like, if you want to make a big event. Yeah, most events are, are, are doing this right now. I think if they can, where like the tech gets together and they're able to be on site and handle sort of on site issues and all that good stuff. But then everybody is running from off site. I think that's what moving into our next bit of, of news. GDQ announced a West Coast Marathon that is also going to be totally online. Um, I'm not sure if they're doing any sort of hybrid sort of the sort of deal, but didn't they do that for a past event somewhat recently? For their actual GDQ at, at SGDQ, that was the for SGDQ. Yeah, they okay. have yeah. a studio that they recorded stuff in, so they grabbed basically the staff was in the studio and some trusted volunteers also came over to be in their studio so they did a lot of the tech on site but all of the uh, runners were online which i think is kind of a good hybrid to do maybe that's something if we have to for nasa 2021 maybe i can consider trying to do something like that it were for, for example maybe just like me and those crazy guys kind of hunker down maybe one or two uh, local volunteers, everybody kind of self-isolates, and then we get together for those two weekends or something. I don't know. Yeah, we can definitely see, but, but yeah, lots of uh, you know marathons adapting as we've talked about in our other episodes this season. I mean, I'm I'm kind of salty just because like we had the contract for NASA 2020 moved to 21, and then like just. Trump's just a fucking idiot, and now it's like, it, it might still be a giant disaster zone. Yeah, I'm... A fucking year later. I'm already kind of given up on having an on-site NASA 2021. If it happens, that'll be cool, but I'm already kind of planning on hunkering down with online personally. Well, we're on the cusp of, because our event is planned for June, early June, so yeah. it's it's questionable as to whether or not if there's a you know a vaccine announced in January, February, March of next year. Well, it's like even a vaccine wouldn't be necessary like it, it, if people didn't think, you know, masks cause the disease or the fucking 5G is killing you or crazy shit like that. Well, luckily it's, you know, Ohio is not necessarily uh in the south, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, so we won't be near the, the the more stupid side of of, of the nation but <laughs> i would hope that by the time we reach like you know july of next time next year that we'd actually maybe have a good chance of being on site and yeah like even if we can't go on site 
like we would probably have to like you know buy shit tons of masks and hand sanitizer and like hand them out and be like yo everyone you gotta wear these and shit i need to be able to cross the border which is if i can't cross the border it ain't happening yeah that's another like requirement i've played in my mind a scenario where we do like a canadian site and an american site if we can't cross borders but if i can't cross the border realistically there shouldn't be an american site so it it'll be some sort of hybrid well we'll see what happens as i already shared we'll talk about goals a little bit later for nasa but those goals are contingent on us being able to be live <laughs> and not hybrid online because otherwise we can't really play with the formula as much as we might want to yeah Shall we move on to host recommendations? Yeah, let's do it up. What are you recommending today, Lurk? What I am recommending today is The Mighty Boosh. It's a older, uh, well, older now, British television show uh, starring Julian Barrett and Noelle Fielding and a bunch of other people, some more annoying than others. But uh, I recently picked up the DVD special box set, which I didn't know existed until a couple weeks back. And I've been trying to get through the uh quote-unquote commentary for the episodes but it's like almost unintelligible like there's just so many people talking and like there's there's like people doing bits on the side while other people are trying to talk about like what's actually happening on screen it's just, it's really hard to listen to but uh i i definitely grew up with some of that shit so like uh old greg and and some of those older memes and shit come from that show great stuff i really enjoy it so check out the mighty boosh especially season two that's when it gets really good how about you, Dark Aries? What are you recommending? I'm actually going to recommend the TV show Warrior. Now, it is a show on Cinemax, so Americans really don't know it exists as far as I can tell from the internet. I don't know why. Apparently, Cinemax is just not a popular premium channel. In Canada, it's on Crave, and I believe just HBO Canada. But I have Crave, and I watch it on Crave. But... If anybody remembers the old Kung Fu TV show with David Carradine, that was actually originally a TV show pitched by Bruce Lee, but they didn't take Bruce Lee because he was Asian and society kind of didn't really, or not society necessarily, but the big wigs in Hollywood, TV show Hollywood, did not want Bruce Lee to be the lead in the TV show he pitched. By the time he, yeah, he was like, uh, you know, socially acceptable after he was like, the whole world was like, wow, this guy's badass as fuck. He unfortunately died. So so it's like... Basically, ignore that TV show because uh, his estate, I believe his daughter, Shannon Lee, kind of found all these writings of what the TV show was going to be. It was originally pitched as Assam, which is the main character's name. And it's now a TV show. It's actually in its second season that's currently airing on Fridays. I believe season... Or episode three is the most recent episode that came out. It's very Asian because the plot is that Assam, a kind of kung fu prodigy from China, comes over by the boat into old-timey western San Diego. So that's the time that, you know, the Irishes were kind of the good slave labor, quote-unquote. They just became regular people, and now the Chinese are the slave labor. But it's really well done. There's a lot of good action scenes. One of my personal touches of the TV show is that these characters are Chinese and they don't really know how to speak English except for a couple characters. But that doesn't really work for television because we don't understand Chinese. 
So the characters, when they talk to themselves, they speak fluent English, and they have these little、uh, quirks and everything like that,、uh, colloquialisms that they say, like onions. They they call Chinese people fresh off the boat onions. But when they talk to other people, all of a sudden their English is very broken or non-existent, or they have to speak Mandarin or Cantonese to each other. And I personally really like this touch because I am a stickler for languages and TV shows, and I really enjoyed how they made that feel in the episodes. Like all of a sudden they'll be speaking fluently, but the camera will pan to a white character and then kind of zoom out, and all of a sudden they're just like, oh, ah.、Uh, Uh, mm, and then just kind of like point to showcase that they they can't really speak English. It, it it's just super well done alongside the awesome action remember, scenes. Did you ever see Deadwood? I did not see Deadwood. No. Well, yeah, it's just like the only guy who like there's like the Chinese had like their own、uh, like leader and they have their own like shit going on and like the only English word he really knows is cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> And he just kind of does does everything in pantomime, but he's like he's not quite like a gang leader, but he's like he works with like the you know antagonist of the show, and it's it's a really like、uh, interesting setup for like a language barrier. But yeah, it's a good TV show. It's directed by Justin Lin, who actually directed、uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, and which is arguably the best Fast and Furious. Fight me, IRL, if you think otherwise. But he also kind of revitalized that series as well with the rest of it, and I believe I've also read that the person who made Banshee also works on this show. So if you're a fan of Banshee, you'll probably like this. But yeah, Warrior, go check it out. And Aglaria, what's your recommendation? I、oh, know I've already recommended recommend a bunch of movies and shit. I'll just go, I'll recommend、uh, Jeremy Scahill's podcast Intercepted.、Uh, Jeremy Scahill is like a journalist that like. In the middle of like the、uh, Afghanistan war, he went, or was it the Syrian? He went like with a camera, just like right into the middle of the action, just to like you know report and like figure see all the shit happening.、Uh, like the, he he he's like a you know a journalist with a shit ton of guts.、Uh, he's got a podcast. I respect him a lot. So in- intercepted on the intercept. Right on. All right, let's move into the Q and A session. Q and A, is it a session? Q and A section. Section.、Yeah. The Q and A section. I'll read our first question. It's actually two questions. If the goal is to get more runners, do you think lesser-known games have little to no chances to promote themselves in a speedrun environment, as the main focus is always the big and popular games? Outside of speedrunning marathons that don't guarantee new runners coming in, even if you do plenty of videos and provide enough resources to start with, how would you approach new people? Uh, yeah. If you want to get more runners, uh, I guess I guess your job is then to make the game as appealing as possible. Uh, having like tutorials is good for like the, you know, ha- having the the bar like the skill barrier or the. You know the how intimidating a game can be. Like the barrier to entry is as small as possible, but to get them to want to join it, you'd want to、uh, talk about how the, you know, how fun the game is. Like,、uh, or or just have like some meme shit. Like for Barney's hide and seek game, like after the just having yeah the run of DSA where it's like this is a game like no one ever gave a shit about. I did I just like held right for like four minutes. Talked about how like I I don't know what the buttons do. I never bothered pressing them, 
just have you know make it make it make it funny uh funny or like just fun to play fun to watch just like enter you want the entertainment aspect to draw people in is what i'd say but uh, yeah and the, uh, on the uh horny side and seek game like at, within a month there was like 80 people on the leaderboard from like four yeah i'll just add on to that if we take a look at strider which had the showcase tutorial at gdq the amount of submissions to that leaderboard skyrocketed because now there was a quote-unquote tutorial that showed how to speedrun the game it wasn't very long it was very accessible i haven't watched it yet but there's also recently a video that went viral about somebody speedrunning cooking mama and now that is one of the top six games on speedrun.com for leaderboard submissions right now so i think the trick is to just create easily accessible content and if it's easily accessible the likelihood of people wanting to speedrun your game will increase with that that reminds me also of like uh you know like viraling shit of uh how uh fuck melee got a lot of hype after um chillin dude had that like dish like this rap video before a match and then got like the shit beat out of him during the match and that was like you know, millions of people have seen it. It's like super famous and funny. Uh, you could try to like do the same shit. Like it, like just schedule. Like if you have like you and another person that run the game, just do some obnoxiously <laughs> uh, insulting, but like you know, all in good fun type uh, drama shit. Not like the actual. You know, it's just just the comedy type where it's uh you know, I don't want to hurt myself after having watched it. Cause, and, you know, I remember uh, your theory crafting in the F-Zero uh, Discord of, uh, I, I, I could, like, talk some massive shit to, like, uh, CGN or, like, all the, you know, the players that are just clearly way better than me just to, just for them to shit on me and try to get, like, you know, a, a hype viral video, get more, you know, interest in the game itself. You could try doing that. I never ended up doing it. What I would add on to that, at least for the second part of the uh, question about, like, even if you provide resources. Like, I've, I've tried to get people to speedrun Daffy Duck the Marvin missions for the Super Nintendo for a couple of years now. And the re the way that I went about doing it, because I don't actually want to provide guides and, and, and resources. Like, I want other people to route the game because I think it's cool and I think it would be more interesting that way. So all I've done is say that I will buy you the cart. Like, just give me your address, give me the, you know, whatever, you know, I will buy you the game. I don't even <laughs> expect you to run the game. I just, I will buy you the cart so you have access to it. And if you run it, great. If you don't, don't. And no one's run it <laughs> to, to this point. I think I've bought three carts for people. I guess, I, I guess, yeah. One, th I just reminded that, like, uh, Dugong, he had, like, a like, beat my times and he'll, like, pay you. Uh, and, like, some of his times he still has, like, $25 for his, like, the runs he's more, like, proud of. And, uh, like, a lot of the games that was, like, uh, he, like, set those bounties on actually developed communities, like Dino Wars. Fuck, I can't remember, like... Don't call that a community. <laughs> yeah, but it's, like, you know, like, it, it got players just setting up, like, uh, monetary bounties. <laughs> like, Dukong, I guess, was the best at that. Still is. But yeah, I think I think you know other games that the that I've run, I've just put out runs, and then other people have found it, and now they run the game. So I think for some games, it's just 
they seem more enjoyable or more entertaining and and than others and and there's nothing you're gonna really be able to do about it unless you like i don't know you, you pay some big streamer to, to to play your video game for an hour like a sponsored stream or something hey that maybe that's the new if you're uh, trying to viral shit that's a way of doing it yeah yeah get mizkiff to speed run your game he's done mario 64 he'll see he knows what a speed run is hey man xqc has been speed running minecraft apparently so Oh, that's right. Yeah, Minecraft speedrunning has been pretty big on Twitch lately. I don't know either of the people you just mentioned. I'm really out of touch with the general stream world. So, excluding PCs, what's one console you'd take with you to a desert island, and what game on that console is getting packed straight away? An Xbox, so you could use it as a boat. <laughs> <laughs> That's my answer. <laughs> I'm dead. There's also, like, probably games for it I've never played. I don't know. Damn, alright, moving on. <laughs> Do you guys have Hold on, let me catch my oh. breath. <laughs> How do you follow that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought, I didn't think it was that great of an answer, jeez. Realistically, if, if I were to get lost if i could only get one kind of game to play with i would choose for it to be a tetris game probably tetris the grandmaster 2 which isn't a console it's an arcade game but and something from that series tetris is always like my my one favorite game i can play that for literally 24 hours and never get bored so that's what i would bring okay i'll i'll, I'll try and think about this more practically i guess what i would what i would bring is uh, Chrono Trigger for the DS because it, it's like portable. Probably you have to charge it somehow, like maybe solar or something, because like this is an island, right? Like where's where's the electricity coming from, or where's the CRT, or you know all that all that sort of stuff. So I'd probably pick that. And then Chrono Trigger is my favorite RPG, so it's a long ass game. So it'll probably take me a while, and I enjoy it every time I replay it annually, pretty much. So that's what I bring. You can all just play. You know what? I'll I'll change mine to be like a DS game on uh, a Tetris DS game, and we can all just row together in the glorious Xbox boat. Yeah, there we go. Escaped with the portable games. Next question: What do you each consider to be your best gaming achievement, either in speedrunning, competitive, or casual sense? I was at one of the the I think it was the last GDQ I went to. 2015, I played F0X with WMJ, and uh, there's there's one time, like, the only other time, like, usually I only beat him if I, like, side attack him and, like, destroy his car, but there's one time I just, like, outraced him on uh, Sector Alpha, just got, like, god-tier DTDs on each lap, so, I guess that. I don't lead a very accomplished speedrunning life, but if I was to pick one achievement or one best gaming achievement, it would actually be completing uh, Tetris uh, the Grandmaster 2's doubles mode. Uh, I believe I completed it with Dehacked. That's the mode where two people have to play Tetris together, and both people get pieces, and you have to create the lines together. It's not easy to complete. I've played it with others, and I you know, didn't complete it with them. But the one time I was over at Color Thief's place with D-Hacking and we just played uh, arcade games for like a whole day, we did complete uh, doubles mode together. So 
that's probably like my best uh, competitive gaming achievement, quote unquote. I guess for myself, um, I don't know, I look at it in, in maybe a weird way, but the speedruns that I've done for both uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines and Zombies Ain't My Neighbors were sort of like foundational now, I guess, because I don't have record in, in either of them as more people have come in. But being able to like be there for like at least a year where there was no one else running the game and then to like have multiple people pick it up after the fact and like take it a little bit farther and like figure things out like especially albert with uh zombies ate my neighbors because he tasked the game and really took it much farther than i did where i just like tried to get a skeleton key on random chance and he plotted out the one frame opener to actually get it consistently yeah that so. like the level one key yeah, yeah yeah the first level one key yeah I know other people have been able to do that too, and he had to get the record back at one point because Teddy Ross was able to beat the record without getting the key, which was pretty fucking sick. But like, I don't know. I feel like laying the 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 foundations for like those games was was something that I was probably my best achievement in speedrunning. Moving right along to our last question. So as a follow up from episode two, what is the most harsh NASA twenty nineteen run? And why was it Mario Party? And this is from local God Gamer Quo. I mean, I thought that shit was hilarious. Shitting on Quo for like two hours straight. That was a good time. I actually have a good photo from that run that just, it has the couch and Quo just has like his face and his hands. Like, why? Why is this happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen that. And like, I'm, I'm just like bursting out laughing. And then, yeah, <laughs> Laz is just in the fucking Mario suit. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, as far as harsh runs go, I'm pretty sure the actual most harsh run of that event was the uh, the RuneScape run, because it was that was perfect. It was so it was so incredible that we lost power. Well, to be fair, that was because they tried to play Dota afterward. <laughs> no, they were gonna play Dota before the run. Oh, yeah. Was it before? Oh, that's right. It was before. Yeah. I just remember getting woken up. Those crazy guys comes into the hotel room. And he's like, yeah, so I'm going to let you sleep. But I just wanted to let you know, we tripped some breakers. Maintenance is on it. Ah, gotta love, gotta love events. Don't plug five gaming laptops into a single power strip, kids. Especially when there's already a bunch of other equipment plugged in. I guess that's probably something we should have like rules on of like how to spread power out like don't everyone crowd in in one corner and plug everything at the same time like fuck off or if you do like bring bring a power outlet from a different area there yeah it, realistically that was because that was the most fancy we've been on an event we had two projectors and you know powered speakers and all this stuff and we were just we were we were under the amperage limit of a circuit but when people started plugging in all their laptops into the same circuit that's what blew. So, yeah, now I actually have to take into power requirements when we rent out venues. Shall we talk about goals that we have for NASA? Let's do it. Nah. Nah. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> well, uh, basically, we want. Uh, we've been talking about how you know how to make NASA your stream, like NASA or your stream in general, stand out. Uh, one of the things that I really liked from like a uh, that GDQ has done recently as uh, in the past is uh, when they have like live music being played. Uh, Cause a lot of my, like my favorite 
runs from previous DDQs is the one where like uh, Koreshi was playing piano to Battletoads and shit like that. Just because it added uh, an element that you can't really see on like you know the general streams. Uh, having either live music being played uh, that's like meant to like uh, replace the uh, audio of a game and have people like emulating sound effects and shit like that. Or just having like a like a panel of just like a dedicated music segment. I'm I think both of those could be cool. I know um Blinzer brought up that he has like a a band he could uh play music. I I'm going to school for music, I could do shit shit too. There's probably a bunch of people, there's you know, a lot of musicians amongst the uh speedrunners. Having like a dedicated music portion could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think like a live concert would definitely be interesting. There's a lot of fun that you can have there playing along to a short speedrun or just like general music playing. I, I think you'd want to still keep it focused on like video game music specifically. We're not just going to we're not just gonna like crank out like Miles Davis tunes or some shit like that. But something like the one ups or the mini bosses right. or or the nesticles or something like that, where they, they played the, the the music of video games, but in a, in a, in a style. Yeah, I think that'd be great. That'd be a really cool addition. Especially if it was just slotted into the marathon. It's, it's just like, we're just doing this. Yeah, like it could fit in just like a panel would. It would, uh, yeah. it, it could draw uh, an otherwise, you know, a crowd that you're otherwise not appealing to. It could also be like, to the people that are there, be like, oh, here's a new thing, new content that could be fun. Yeah, I have like a little A10 Mini Pro now. Get get some cameras in there for some multicam switching between the different instruments and stuff. And if you can play the songs faster and faster and faster, that's like a, a, an extra bonus as, as, as a speed event. <laughs> yeah, donate to increase the BPM. <laughs> that, that, that could have some very obviously disastrous side effects. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. It would still be funny, though. Fuck, what instrument would have the hardest time? I guess it depends like what style you're playing. Or uh, drummers, if they have like a double kick pedal for the bass drum. I guess that like you could still play really fucking fast with that. Anything that you would have to actually blow like a flute or a sax or something that would probably. Well, you can like like blow one like long continuous note and then use your fingers to do the fast shit. Because like saxophone players, that's how they play. Like you know, like if you ever listen to Charlie Parker or John Coltrane, like they can fucking shred like blast out notes like really really fucking fast but the question is will we have a johnny coltrane at a nasa event oh yeah no we there's no way we'll have a charlie parker yeah there's only one charlie parker one of my goals is to try and implement some sort of like break the record spin-off style of event i've had very preliminary conversations about this but uh, one thing that I don't like about that event is that I think that, it, and I've said this in previous episodes, that I think it only works with really popular games because of just the nature of the way that it works in sort of a competitive esport monetary, you know, kind of way. So what I would like to do is sort of do a spin of that where we have like one room of uh, several different capture stations. And what people are signing up for is instead of doing like a marathon run where they just they do their run and it's one and done and it's whatever the estimate is. Instead, what they're signing up for is like a block of time in which they use one of these stations and the stations will allow them to get like a really nice local recording of whatever game they're playing. And we do have to have a schedule ahead of time to know the specifics of what console and what platform and all that good stuff that they need. But then we would all be able to split that. 
and carry that over into our mainstream, which maybe the mainstream is doing a more typical marathon thing or some live music or whatever the hell. But at the same time, the people who are on the stations are doing their own speedruns of record-breaking whatever game. And they could be streaming maybe to their own Twitch or something or doing whatever they want. Maybe we have a second stream going that we could rotate around however many stations we could manage. But the idea being that we'd be able to pull up whenever something uh, like special is happening within their run. Um, and if they have commentators, which would be really essential, I think, for each of the stations would be to have someone who could commentate on what's happening but being able to just throw them up and say like oh man they're about to go to this really difficult part and they do it and it's epic and then you know it's like a picture in picture thing where we could still see what's happening on the mainstream but we could see whatever whatever's happening on any of these other stations at any time i think that would be a really interesting spin on sort of the presentation of speedrunning, and then it also allows you to have whatever game because like i said it's just people making submissions for the station so the you know you get three hours to play you know whatever you know whatever game you want at this station for that amount of time i think that'd be cool yeah look we got a kill screen coming up here kill screen. <laughs> uh yeah king of kong references are always uh needed for streams but uh closest i've seen to that like i remember um i can't remember if it was nlg or like bsg at the time where it was the uh Either the Netherlands or Norwegian uh, speedrun group were, uh, they had like a bunch of F-Zero players, like Daniel, who's apeshit at uh, F-Zero-X, and CGN, who's apeshit good at F-Zero-GX, and they had like their only like two-hour block to IL a certain level. Uh, for Daniel, it was like Firefield, which is like one of the flashier F-Zero-X levels, and CGN did uh, Dragon Slopes, which is another one of like super flashy uh, level that's just fun to watch while they commentate over. And having like switching between you know like high level ILs uh and like ha having like a commentary for that would be cool the only like multi-channel thing i remember um i think nest kamikaze ran it where it was like n64 it was like 64 games in 64 hours where they had four games simultaneously on the stream like in like the stream was like split into quadrants and it was like it's just simultaneously streamed like four uh feeds of games the whole time which is cool. <laughs> it's it, it, it's like it's a lot of uh, information to intake, but usually the, uh, at any point in time, there's like at most two that are like there's like a you know something you really need to like focus on or talk about. So it's not like too big of a like information overload. So it's even like simultaneous uh, streams could be really cool. Well, that's the kind of the ambitious part of it is um, each of these stations would need to be either a serious station where someone could have like sound and headphones in but still have commentators and all that or other stations could be more rowdy and you know you got 30 people stacked into the into a corner for the, for a couple hours all playing you know the community of x game is all going to come down and play whatever game for x hours you know stuff like that so yeah i think i think it could be it could be a really interesting way if we could find the right balance, uh, uh, because that's a lot of extra equipment, a lot of extra splitting, a lot of extra stuff, and then of course displaying in a way that's actually aesthetically pleasing and not, you know, we don't want to miss something either, right? Like if someone, you know, we don't want to steal the show away from someone necessarily. Yeah, I'm... that could be. It might function easier if it was like not even streamed, just pre like like recorded, and then we could 
you know, edit highlights and stream at NASA on the NASA channel, like, the, you know, the following months might be a little more. Uh, yeah, but that requires effort. Well, I, I think less than like, you know, the, doing it all real time. Now, if you have it all in real time, like I have a little video switcher, the, the A10 Mini that I uh, mentioned before, and you can easily switch between inputs on it. You don't need a computer. So the, there's definitely ways of creating uh, a system easy enough that people could use for it. I'm actually kind of envisioning a... Because my favorite part about GDQs is the tournament rooms. Whenever you always get to do the, the tournaments, like the uh, PlayStation Mystery Tournament or Evil Zone or Puzzle League and all those other things, Tetris. But I honestly, I have VODs recorded from that. And it's just, they're all, you know, the camcorder feed has to be synced up with the game and all that other stuff. Everything has to be synced and put in a layout. It's a lot of effort and... Then you need to get commentary on it afterwards. If we had a tournament room, quote unquote, that's already all set up, you just kind of block out your tournament and then you can immediately stream your tournament as well from all that. That would be super cool, I think. You don't have to worry about anything. There's already stations and you can just pull up their feeds and edit the layouts yourself and everything. That would be super cool. Well, one of the difficulties with for 2021, at least, is that we've already got the contract from 2020. It's just moving over, and we only have the one room. So any stations or something like that are going to have to be in the room along with the other stuff that we're doing. So maybe we only have one station for 2021. Maybe it's only a, you know, this that's the record station or, <laughs> you know, that's where you go Clue. if you want to do record speed runs. The yeah. 24-7 Clue stream. <laughs> Donations for what we accuse. Another thing that I kind of want to do as well is Mafia is such a large part of kind of the NASA vibe, but it never gets streamed. And I feel if it was streamed, it would be very entertaining. I mean, that. That's not true. We had it streamed once in a really weird circumstance. Oh, yeah. Simpsons hit and run. Yeah. Except that was supposed to be um, where he wouldn't commentate the run. You guys would just play Mafia. But then like five minutes in, he decided he's going to actually commentate the run. <laughs> yeah, it was, it and was I already beautiful. went to bed. <laughs> it, it was it was great because people were like, I can't actually hear what he's saying. And I'm just kind of woke up and I'm like, but you weren't he wasn't supposed to say anything. So, but having a proper stream, kind of like a, kind of like the ESPN poker stuff where it flips between the people and, you know, there's a little overlay like that person's, you know, town and this person's that. I think something like that would be super cool. It's like, uh, how expensive are like those 360 cameras? I imagine. Oh yeah. Having like a video camera for that would be ape shit. I'm guessing having that in like the center of the circle. That would be really cool. Yeah. You could do multiple GoPros. That reminds me, yeah, because, like, you're the tech guy of, like, how hard... I remember, uh, is you t- either 2012 or 2013, uh, ha- Peaches had, like, a scooter cam where he would ride around the 4-H center on a scooter and, like, do candid interviews with people. And I thought that was cool just because, uh, all the typical, like, video feeds are, like, from a fixed camera. Having, like, a mobile stream station, even if it is just a phone, uh, I thought that's, you know, that that's cool. You don't see that too often. And it could work for, like, a behind-the-scenes or just what's going on at the venue. Uh, and I know that, like, the Mario Kart home circuit, we could have, like, use that as a camera. I thought that might be funny. <laughs> we could have it, like, drive around and, be, and people would be like, all right, you're on camera. 
you'd have like some, I don't know, I don't know if that it probably doesn't record audio. You'd have someone with like a mic running around. Well, if you just get like a regular RC car and you plop a GoPro on it with a power bank, that could also work out. There, there's a lot of options, but I, I guess yeah, being on the floor and it, it would kind of it would be hard to make good, and it would be kind of creepy as well. I think just having someone on a phone walking around would be easier. Yeah, I mean, in general, it seems like all of our ideas are just kind of straying away from just the the speedrun portion of the marathon and kind of showcasing what else basically already happens at these events and that's really the reason why people go to those events to begin with so oh oh wait actually um having um having a a dedicated like rc track or like a mario kart home circuit thing because uh right now the, the game is it's fun but it's like there's no like uh convention or like standardized tracks so having like a group play thing where everyone can use race in the same track in a building or even just the we could like set up the floor and the chairs in a way for like a certain hour or probably not a whole hour but that, that could be fun yeah do some have dragster but with mario kart <laughs> yeah like a dedicated tournament for it that'd be great do dragster mario kart set it all up three two one go uh, I don't know if you just want a straight line. You don't want to have, like, at least a figure eight. So there's, like, you know, get some turns in and not the person who's just on the inside has the advantage. Like, gotta, That's gotta true. go That's under true. chairs and tables and shit. Could be a lot of fun. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode. If you have any questions for us, please make sure you hit up our question and answer form at the bottom of wherever the heck you're listening at. Go watch HTMM when it's live. Word. October 30th.